You know, I don't know of anyone, or at least I can't think of anyone, who can mobilize an army and a troop of people globally. Not just in a specific area, specific sphere, sphere, excuse me, or a specific region, but I mean literally mobilize an army, not a mini army, but an army to call and cause them to pray, to intercede, to war, to step up into their destiny and to call them to their prophetic mantle and ministry in a modern sense like Cindy Jacob. And with that example, today for this episode of Women in Ministry, I want to talk about Deborah. Deborah is located in the book of Judges between chapters 4 and 5. Now, there are other Deborahs mentioned in the Bible. We're specifically talking about Deborah, who was judge, prophetess, also warrior. And I believe that Cindy Jacobs is all three of those. Now, as a judge, Deborah was very judicious, but Deborah also had some other elements to her. So you you must understand that in those times, a little bit of back history about the judges, there was no official prophet in a prophet's office besides Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Well, in Aaron, excuse me, Moses was the great prophet of the three. Now, it's not that Moses or even God himself did not want the spirit of prophecy to break out among the people of Israel. It just was not time for that yet. It wasn't that they were being selfish or that they were being look at me self-centered or housing it or harboring it to themselves. It wasn't time for that yet. And in fact, in the book of Numbers, one man did break out with the spirit of prophecy and began to prophesy, and Joshua went and tattletailed on him, <laughs> tattletailed on him, so, or tailed one of them, on him, and that's where Moses says, I wish, I will, I would, that all would prophesy, all were prophets, and, you know, we see that same thing in First Corinthians chapter 14 of Paul, but God's intent was never for Israel to have a king except him. And it's very similar to a dream I interpreted back in 2016. I've talked and referenced this dream a lot on this podcast, more in 2020 than I have in 2021. And then this year, it's not, it's just the beginning of the year. But in the dream I interpreted in 2016, and the reason I'm referencing this dream, it's because it the dream went out to, I don't know, a lot of people. And this dream was a very, the way that it was sent out was a regional thing. And the sender was gathering input from so many different people, so many different perspectives. And this dream was a national dream for a nation that affected the world. And lo and behold, I was the only one to have a different interpretation from everyone else, literally everyone else. I was the only one to have a different interpretation. And the reason I'm recalling this dream is because I'm saying a part of the interpretation I had is that there is no king but Jesus. And that's who we worship and that's who we praise. We don't praise man. And you see, that was Israel's issue. 
Israel wanted to be like the ites. They wanted to be like the other individuals and the other people and the nations. And they wanted a manifested physical man to represent them as king. That's why they chose Saul. They wanted someone of not at that time because it hadn't yet come. But let's just peer into the future for them of a Greek God physique an Adonis physique. They wanted a man of stature. They wanted a man who was physically built, if you will. And that is actually true because that's what they say of Saul. They wanted someone who appeared and looked like a bull, looked like a stallion who could do war and who could defend them in and of himself without looking to God. And you know what? They got exactly what they want. Saul was a coward. But that's not the point of this. We're not talking about that. But they got what they wanted. We're talking about the times and seasons of God that are held in his hand and how we must flow with that. And we're also talking about Deborah and women in ministry. So judges came about because there was not a prophet after Moses died. Now, Joshua led the army and Joshua did prophesy, but Joshua was not a prophet like Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Joshua did have a prophetic ministry, I believe. Uh, he had a prophetic ministry because he had a prophetic mandate that was given in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and shown via Moses the blueprint of what that would look like. God did speak personally and reveal things to and through Joshua regarding what they should do, how they should act, so on and so forth. But Joshua was not specifically a prophet. But yes, he did prophesy and he did have a prophetic ministry. So you would probably say he was a prophetic leader. That's probably a better interpretation or a better title, if you will, of Joshua. So then Joshua and the elders of his generation and the elders after them, they passed away and there arose the new generation, which caused the judges and Deborah being one of the judges. There were 18 judges, including Joshua, since Moses's death. And that's sort of the way that God intended for this government to happen because he was king he was god king it wasn't that he was just somewhere aloof off in the heavenlies aloof off in the sky that he was disengaged it wasn't that he was actually god and that he was real but he wasn't in the affairs and actively involved in men in his children's lives and in earth's life that's not the god yahweh that we serve that's not his character nature but that's what Israel had fallen to believe because the ites around them, they had made pillars and statues and idols and images, so on and so forth, of their strongholds, of their gods, of what was in them. And, you know, we don't have to get into all that because that's located in Exodus chapter 20 about what Yahweh commands them not to do. And they do just that. Well, we're no better than them in some aspects. We need to learn from them rather than repeating their mistakes. So it comes on the scene, Deborah, in Judges chapter 4 and 5. And you know what I love about Deborah? Deborah was such a warrior. She was such a woman of strength and virtue. She was such a woman of vigor. I mean, Deborah could lead a nation. Well, in fact, she did lead a nation. Deborah was a war horse. Do you understand what I'm saying? But Deborah had character. 
Deborah had humility and Deborah understood the call of a true leader is to serve. She also understood authority. So she understood authority with God. She understood authority with her husband because she was married. And she, that's why scripture mentions her husband. And it says wife to uh, X, Y, Z. And Deborah understood authority to who was assigned to certain assignments, specifically to Barak or Barak, however you choose to pronounce his name. And the assignment was supposed to be given to him to take down and destroy the war, the warriors and the commander of the army that was coming against Israel. But Barak or Barak, however you choose to pronounce his name, he was also like Saul, a coward. So Deborah, in all of her vigor and all of her might, not in disobedience to authority. You see, we talked about this in episode one. Every woman does not bow down and bend to every man. It's to your husband. And, and while she understood authority to Barak as a man, and as the leader of the army, as the governing official, she also understood the higher calling of God that trumps any, any man, any woman and any authority that God allowed or allows or he has actually placed and inaugurated here in earth. We'll be back in one second. So if Barack wouldn't fight the war, then Deborah warrior would definitely go ahead and fight the war. Let me break down some things for you for Deborah. You see, Deborah did not ask. We don't know the background, the history, the story of Deborah. I'm sure we could pull it out as best as we could, but we have what we have there lying in between Judges 4 and 5 of Deborah. And there are some other allegories that tie back to her as we see some of the destinies formed from the tribes of Israel that Deborah talked about or sang about, if you will. So... Deborah was a judge, she was a prophetess, and she was a warrior. God put those ministries in her. That's what we're talking about, women in ministry. Those are ministries, those are gifts, their callings, their destinies. He put that mission in her. He uniquely woven and knitted that into her DNA, into her being to be a judge, to be a warrior, and to be a prophetess. She didn't call herself those things. She just did those things. And if you look later on in chapter five, you see that Deborah begins to actually prophesy. And as you continue to read about the specific tribes or, individ or individual troops that she prophesied regarding, you look later in into the Bible, you can see elements and you can see traces of what Deborah began to sing prophetically or prophesy. These things happened. She was a prophetess. Now, I personally believe, this is Rashad's belief, this is not Holy Spirit, you see, you understand me, those who follow me, those who know me, those who have received my ministry in person, you know that I am honoring to God and I am self-controlled. I, I know when to say this is Rashad and this is Holy Spirit and to get back into the flow. So this is Rashad's personal belief. I believe there are other prophecies that Deborah had during her reign as judge, but... We just don't have those prophecies, so we leave it where it's at. We have Judges chapter 5. That's it. That's all. We keep it moving. Deborah as judge. So going back to what I was discussing earlier, that there were no kings yet in the earth for Israel. That had not yet happened until the time of the 
well, Samuel was a judge in his own right. After, after excuse me, after Eli, he and his two sons, their fall and their passing because of their misdeeds and their inappropriate actions. And then Eli chiefly because of the way he led as a high priest and also as a judge. So God brings in Samuel on the scene and Samuel serves as a priest, a prophet and a judge, if you will. And then a king from that era spawns. And that's where we have King Saul. And then we sing King David and we see the ministry or the regime or the building of the kings of Israel. Now, that's for a different topic for a different day. We're talking about women in ministry, but that's how that's rolled out and played out. You see, judges were dual in nature. Some judges in the book of Judges were just warriors or defenders of Israel and they kept them from the grips of the enemy. They pushed back the enemy from their boundaries, from their territories, their land. And then they also went and recovered and reacquired what was in the enemy's camp, reclaiming it so that what was supposed to be in Israel or Israel's own peace, Israel's own safety, Israel's own shalom, Israel's own freedom, so that it would resurge back into Israel and that they would be a free people. That was one of the purposes for some of the judges. They were just defenders or warriors. And then there is another vein. I'm sorry, I said two. There are three. There was another type of judge, a second. These judges were actually judges. They were judicious. These individuals, they served as governing authorities, as you, if you will. And then a third, they did both. They were warriors and defenders, and they were also judicious. Deborah is in the camp of the third. She was both. She was a warrior, and then she was also very judicious. So it's very similar to what Moses did and Moses' father-in-law, what he advised and exhorted Moses, you got to get some other people and elect and set up and direct and promote and commission these people because you can't do it all yourself. You can't be the only one or be the leader, Moses. So then Moses began to appoint judges into the, the heads of the households and into the territories, so on and so forth. And that's what that looks like. It looks like the appointment of God bringing a woman to minister to a nation of people. Oh, yeah, that includes men. To minister to a nation of people, the acts of God's, the deeds of God's, judging it. It opens up in chapter four. She's sitting under a tree, judging, giving advice, so on and so forth. So God put this in her. So we've covered Deborah as a judge. We've covered Deborah as a prophetess. And Deborah as a warrior is also seen. So once she gets up and she's done admonishing and exhorting Barak, or Barak, she then gears herself up to war. But before she goes out, she says, there will be victory, but it won't be by your hand or hand of a man. Now you talk about women doing ministry or women ministering before the father or women ministering in their rightful acts, if you will. 
So she gets up and she goes out and she leads an army. She commands an army. She calls an army. She stirs an army. She awakens an army to its destiny. She rouses an army to go out to reclaim what is rightfully theirs, to push back the enemy, to cause the army of Israel to come back to its rightful place or the resurgence of its dignity and of its honor. Who are you that you should taunt and tease and come upon God's territory and God's land or God's people live? This day we fight, said Deborah. Now, I'm paraphrasing of the acts of what it talks about in Judges chapter five, excuse me, four and five of Deborah. But that's the, excuse me, that is the, expounding and the explanation of what she did and she like she did with Barak or Barak she also admonished and exhorted some of the troops and tribes of Israel who were warriors many of them did not hesitate to go to war with her but there were some who were like no we're not going to go and then they stayed on the boat on the ship they did not go and then there were some who were like, no, we're not going to go. But then they had a change of heart and mind. They said, okay, we're going to go. So Deborah's exhortation, and understand what I'm saying, exhortation. I'm talking about her ability to call forth, to speak to, that affects the spirit of man. That calls that man's spirit to attention, to stand up to be stirred, to be roused. You know, let me, a better way to, well, that is a really good way. You got to get into the spirit to understand that, but let me say another way. Think of at a pep rally or a motivational speaker and a hype man or a DJ at a celebration, a party or an event. The main goal is to get the crowd pumped up, to get the crowd energized, so on and so forth. Well, that's exhortation. And that's what it did. That's what she did. That's what it does to invigor, to bring energy, to cause people to hope again, to cause people to believe again. You see, hope precedes faith and we got to have hope that we can't stop hoping people. Deborah caused a people to hope again and to bring back hope i mean you talk about the ministry this one woman had and she depicted as a woman in scripture a bunch of uh, amidst a, a bunch of men deborah packed a powerful punch so i want to close out in saying this there is no skew of judges four and five that yahweh called deborah Deborah did not call herself. Israel did not call Deborah. God, Yahweh, called Deborah to be judge, to be prophetess, and to be warrior over Israel during that time of the time of judges. And I am not foolish enough to think that if the first woman who became the mother of all living, including women, had ministry in her, that Deborah, who I believe represented what Eve was supposed to be and what Eve was supposed to do and have or be a type of it. You see, there's somewhere along the line. And again, I don't have it. I'm not saying it's not out there, but I don't believe we have a full, accurate account of what Deborah's history or her life was 
before she comes on the scene. But somewhere in her bloodline or even in her life, she redeemed time or somewhere there was a righteous living in her bloodline, maybe not even just with her, but she picked it up and she grabbed hold of it and she kept running swiftly with it so she could stand in the place to minister with such great stature and character that she ministered with. And I, I'm, I'm going to say this again. I've said this a few times already. Understand she ministered to men. I get asked often. I get told a lot. Well, scripture says that a pastor or a bishop or a minister should be a husband of one wife. So as I'm telling this story of Deborah, well, Deborah is not a husband and Deborah had a husband. Deborah's a woman. So this is why we have to apply wisdom. You can't just, well, this is what it is. And this is going to cause a whole war. That's what it's about. People are warring over what truth is. Well, that's what happened in the garden. Stop looking like serpent people, people of God. I hope you caught that. I'm not going to spawn on it. Stop warring over what is truth. I'm thankful I was going to, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to go ahead and mention it here. The daughters of Zelophehad, they, because they were women who did not ask to be women, they didn't ask to be daughters, they didn't ask to be born, born or brought into this world, they didn't ask to be female, atomic, atomic, atomically correct as women, their gender, their, their, their sex, their assignments at birth. They didn't ask for that. But the law stated that the eldest son was to receive the inheritance and the lot of the father of the parents, typically the father, because the father was the one to have and own the inheritance. And if it wasn't the eldest son, it would go to the other son or sons, whatever order that it was. And in their instance, there were no sons, eldest, elder, or sons at all. So it's kind of like what happens in our world's society today, at least here in the United States, that if there's no one to claim, if someone passes away, there's no one to claim that person's inheritance. What well, goes to the state? It's property of the state. It's property of the government. And they do with it as they, they as they please with it. Well, that's what was happening with their father's estate, their father's inheritance. But here's the issue with that. This father birthed daughters from his loins. Well, he and his wife's loins. He had an inheritance in earth. So you're telling me just because a man was not in his loins, in his wife's loins, and you're telling me that just because there were no sons, that the daughters did not deserve to receive their father's estate and inheritance. Well, those daughters had enough common sense. The spirit of understanding hit them. And it, again, it, it doesn't go into detail, but Rashad, I believe 
that they the spirit of understanding hit them and the spirit of boldness for them to go and search scripture and for them to get in the spirit and to, for them to hear from God, the Holy Spirit, and for them to stand up and say to Moses, but did you look at this? And Moses said, you're right. Give them their father's inheritance. You see, we got to stop arguing over what is truth. Truth is truth. It's not going away. Yes, it's true. Scripture says a bishop, a pastor should be a man of one wife. Scripture is true. It says Deborah was a woman, a prophetess, a warrior, a judge, wife to a husband. But God chose Deborah to be the leader that she was. Now, the leader over the household was her husband. And Deborah respected that. But the leader over the nation was not her husband. It was Deborah. Do you get my drift? Do you understand what I'm saying? So allow the spirit of understanding to come upon you. Ask Holy Spirit to give you that illumination of the scripture so that you would understand. Cry out for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And all that is an understanding and illumination. Cry out according to Proverbs chapter 2 verses 2 through 5. I used to pray that scripture. I'm telling you when I was 18, 19 years old. I used to cry that scripture out. It was one of my go-to scriptures. It, it is one of the pillar staples of my call, my early on call in ministry that I it was go-to and, and two others. It was that one. And I daily cried out for wisdom and discretion and understanding. Ask, ask, and God will give it to you. Listen, this is not a time to be forbatting and foregoing all that God put in the earth and all God's armies and all God's troop women, we need you as ministers. Women, you are ministers. Women, go forth this day in your ministry in Jesus' name.